Welcome to Housing Developments. I'm Jerry Howard. And I'm Jim Tobin. Good morning, Jerry. Morning, Jim. How are you? Doing fine. It seems that uh, we have uh, may have actually turned the corner here in the Mid-Atlantic on spring, so I'm looking forward to a little more sunshine and daylight. Yeah, we're talking about maybe in the 70s tomorrow. That would be nice. Uh, be nice. Here we are on March 8th, which is International Women's Day, and March uh, is also Women's History Month. See, for me, and I think for you too, uh, March was always uh, Irish American history. <laughs> That's right. Happy to share it with, with, uh, women. And, uh, I, I think it's, uh, it's important, uh, that in our industry, especially we recognize, uh, not only the contribution of women thus far, we've, we've had, uh, two women presidents of NAHB, uh, Shirley Wiseman and Sandy Dunn, uh, both of whom left big marks on the history of the organization. Yep. We have a female officer now, Alicia Huey, who, uh, uh, is really doing a great job thus far. Um, and our industry has changed significantly. You know, when I started at NHB, Jim, uh, the Professional Women in Buildings Council was the Women's Auxiliary. Yeah. And it was more of a social function. And now women are playing such an important role in the industry as professionals uh, that we have recognized that and we are not only encouraging, but doing our best, I hope, um, to bring more women into uh, into the industry. So uh, it's very important. Um, you and I have been here now on staff where we have uh, a number of women represented at the senior staff table. Right. We had our first female top lobbyist before you were. So women are playing a big role. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, like you said, it, it's it's been great to to, to watch the, the the PWB grow, uh, become more of a voice for not only uh, themselves but also the industry. And and, and you know this, uh, the industry continues continues to to face a labor shortage. One of the things that our our colleague uh, and chief economist Rob Dietz always talks about is. Uh, the, the rate at which women are working in the construction sector, and it's only about three or 4%. And, and Rob has been talking for years about the need to attract more women into the trades uh, and into construction management, uh, because that can help our, our, our labor issues. And not only that, but as we talk about the trades is such a great career choice uh, and, and, and being able to, to have PWB be a, a, a megaphone uh, for our industry and and how women could become more involved in it, I think is a real uh, a real plus for us. I completely agree. And to to celebrate this, we've invited as a guest today Linda Ebert, who is um, one of the uh, leading women in our industry and in our association. Uh, thank you for joining us, Linda. We know it's early out in California, but thanks for joining us. And tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thanks, Jerry and Jim. It's good to see you guys. Um, I am currently, I have a, a consulting company in sales and marketing. I also act as a VP of sales and marketing for a local builder here in California and as their vice president. And then I also am doing their product design. So kind of their product design developer um, and work with several different builders to do the same. So it's, a, it's been a, a nice ride. <laughs> Yeah, how, how did you? And welcome, Linda. It's it's great to see. You. I know you've been very active uh, in in many of the spaces on the on the advocacy team and, and build pack and a variety of things. So you've uh, you've you've really carved out a a, a great uh, career at NHB and NHB career. But 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 tell us uh, tell us how you got started in the home building industry. I've done it forever. I literally started in real estate in 1979. 
Uh, it was one of my first jobs uh, out of school. And I'm one of your poster children. I, you know, I started selling real estate. I got married early. My husband, we didn't go to, I did a couple years of college. My husband didn't go to college. He was a contractor. Um, we bought our first house at, you know, 22 and I uh, had a boat and a motorcycle. And nice. you know, nice. so we lived the dream, you know, in the industry. <laughs> and, and so it's been good to me. Uh, started there and uh, got into publishing new homes, magazines, um, sold them off and started a, um, ad agency. And I kind of worked my way into what I'm doing today. So, uh, with the power of an HP actually. That's great. Linda, as this is uh, women's history month, can you tell us a little bit about the history of women in the home building industry? Um, yeah, I can. Uh, actually, women have always been in, in the industry. Uh, back in, in 17th century England, there was a female aristocrat, Lady Elizabeth Wilbraham, who was uh, drawing up her own architectural plans, you know, kind of unheard of during the day. Um, but on the NAHB front, you kind of mentioned already that the, uh, the Women's Auxiliary was actually founded in 1955. It's actually based on um, kind of the the wives of the builders at the time uh, was kind of their, their social group. And in fact, they, the dues were $2 and they fought about that, you know, incessantly, but it was just so expensive. Um, in uh, 1964, um, the president, Polly Schaefer, led a national get out the vote campaign that contributed uh, to Congress passing a $1 billion housing and urban renewal bill. Um, almost 20 years after the auxiliary was formed, a female builder was elected president of the auxiliary in 1974. Could you imagine it, it took that long for a female to be the president <laughs> of their own group? Um, then in 1975, uh, the auxiliary president was invited to an NH NHB executive meeting as an observer. And the first Woman of the Year Award was presented in 1985. I have to say, I've got to give a shout out to my good friend, Terry Everhart, who actually won that award um, this last uh, week. And we celebrated it on Friday with the Zoom meetings. We were excited over that. So go, Terry. In 1991, I think you mentioned, Jerry, that Shirley Wiseman became the first female president of NHB and paved the way for Sandy Dunn and our own current Alicia Huey, again, a dear friend of mine and uh, looking forward to her leadership coming up. Um, in 2009, um, actually after much debate, uh, we changed our name. I was actually involved at that point and changed our name to the Professional Women in Building because that really was the face that we had changed into. We were no longer the wives of builders. We actually had become a group of professionals, um, many of which owned their own businesses or were working up the ladder uh, for other companies, um, worked in the trades. Uh, it, it truly had changed the face of our uh, group. And so we changed the name to go along with that. And, you know, you. I mentioned about sitting on and being an observer on the board meetings. I would go to the board meetings and we, we were observers, but we didn't have an official vote at the NHB level. So in 2014, um, led by myself and Alicia and a, a, a great group of women that I love dearly, um, we actually did um, propose becoming part of NHB and came under the Federation umbrella. And I think uh, we, we've never looked back. It has been, it has been great. I mean, it's, just, it's, it's always a great group to interact with just a lot of enthusiasm and, and appreciation for, for what you do and uh, what, what you mean to the industry. Thank you. 
I have to ask you this. Uh, did, have you run into any barriers in the industry for being a woman in, in a, what is obviously a male-dominated uh, industry? And if so, how has uh, being a part of the HBA structure helped you overcome or meet those barriers? I think the biggest barrier is being taken seriously, you know, uh, really getting a seat at the table. I mean, earning that seat at the table to start with um, and being able to speak up for yourself. Uh, I think that the industry for me has been able to put me together with like minded women that have dealt with the same issues, you know, and and put me in a position of leadership and learning to stand up for myself and others in the room. Um, a lot of the stuff that we do as women, um, we sabotage ourselves sometimes in, in the industry um, and being able to interface with people that have dealt with the same challenges uh, has helped not make those mistakes. And I think that's that we as, as women tend to mentor uh, quite heavily. And I think uh, being involved with the industry, especially through PWB, um, that's one of our main goals is to bring up, um, you know, the younger generation and those that are just getting involved in the industry to kind of navigate the waters and introduce them to the folks that matter and really enhance their leadership skills to be able to move on to other committees within the organization and do um, the good for the rest of the industry, not just PWB. I know a lot of our uh, women have gone on to, I've, I've gone on to be the sales and marketing council um, chair at the NHB level. I've sit on public affairs. Um, I've been able to um, grow and become a national speaker. So all of those skills are learned through interfacing through the National Building Association and um, gaining the confidence to not really worry about gender and who you are. It's about what you bring to the table. You know, Linda, you mentioned, you used the word earn uh, when you were talking about, you know, earning, earning respect. Was it harder to earn respect of a male dominated industry and, and not only the industry, but, but the association itself, right? Uh, as, as Jerry said, uh, Alicia will be only the third woman and it's, it's long. God, we've got to be up to about 78 years of, of history, only the third woman. Uh, and you've talked about the history of women in building and certainly in, in, in NAHB. But, but talk a little bit about, um, you just, you said it had to be harder for you to earn that, whereas a male builder coming into the industry or even into the association uh, as a leg up unfairly. You know, it, I guess it is what it is. <laughs> it's, it's the cross we bear. But I, I think that um, for me, the key is confidence. And it may mean that we have to dig a little harder for the knowledge and come in with more information that is necessary than maybe the, the male counterpart and really um, pr to prove your point, to be able to, to take your ideas across the finish line. Um, you have to have the backup of the data. Um, I don't know that um, necessarily the male counterparts have to do that. You know, they're just, they have a voice already where I think sometimes women have to fight for that voice. I do think it's getting better. Um, I think that the movement for women-owned businesses has helped. I mean, 84 Lumbers owned by a woman. Right. Um, and, and her business development manager, um, director, everybody knows Judy. Yep. Uh, you know, there's no missing Judy. <laughs> That's right. Up, right. Um, I think getting involved in uh, Build Pack and really putting, you know, our efforts, PWB put a, a huge, puts huge yes. effort. Yep. 
to align our our goals and build pack goals and the NHP goals all together. Right. We're not a faction doing something on the sidebar. We are really trying to support the industry. And I think that um, the dollars speak louder than words sometimes. Yeah. Yep. And I think that um, being um, visible and active and engaged is where we gain the respect of our male counterpart peers. Yeah, I know Megan Megan Everingham, who runs the pack, you know her very well. She she loves nothing better than reading out every, every board meeting. Uh, PWB always always raises the most money. You're, you're one of our, our our highest highest groups that that uh, that contributes. So uh, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. You 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 you've done a wonderful job and uh, and and make yourself indispensable to the industry and the federation. That's our goal. <laughs> What's the one thing that you wish more women knew about the industry? Um, that there's opportunities. Um, I, I think you mentioned earlier about kind of the workforce uh, circumstances. You know, we could be a, a great resource for helping, filling those gaps. You know, there there's no um, barriers to women to get involved in uh, electricians or or plumbing or you know the trades um, and really get some hands on. Um, you can make a decent living. Uh, we've got people that are ready, willing, and able that are out of work that, uh, you know, we hope to engage more into the trades as well as, you know, business own owners and things like what I do. So I think that's what we got to go. And do you think, uh, I know you're familiar with programs like Girls Build and uh, Trades Women of Oregon. Uh, how do we get those things going forward? How do we expand those programs and attract more young girls and young women into the, into the industry? You know, I think uh, PWB does a really good job. Uh, a lot of us have in our locals have um, educational outreach committees. Um, and, and that's really the function is to try to get information into the schools that there are alternatives to just going to college. I mean, or, or um, getting involved in the trades and doing things, like I said, uh, like I do, that are kind of sidebar uh, issues for the building industry. Um, There is a she-build in Utah. Her name is Christy Allen from Woodcrest Homes. So that's getting a lot of publicity and a lot of push right now. So I think it's a lot of a PR movement that we've got to put a better face on it. I know we've got a very active social media campaigns and we're pushing really hard just to make sure that we've got the visual of uh, the diversity that we bring to the table and the workforce that we can provide to the organization. Yeah, Linda, I've got I got a kind of a, a policy question for you as a as a as a member of the, of the federation, and and you, you do all your work in California. I know us here on you know, on the East Coast uh, always look at California as much like the weather. Everything uh, from a regulatory perspective blows blows east from California, both both good, but mostly mostly bad in a lot of ways. The building environment in California, the regulatory environment's out of control. Houses are six or seven hundred thousand dollars for just your average single family home. What, what are just, what, what are your, what are your thoughts on, on where California is going and, and, and do you see a movement to lessen some of those regulations and, and lower the cost of housing in the golden state? You know, I know we're working really hard at this, at the state organization to overcome some of the regulation issues that, you know, we're hitting, getting hit really hard with the all electric yeah. programs right now. Um, all of the the charging stations for the for the homes, you know. I think sprinkler started here and kind of moved across the country. So um, the other big issue is the vehicle miles traveled. Right. 
So that's starting. So we're fighting that back, pushing back on that as well. Uh, we hope to be able to overcome some of these, uh, at least to lessen them to a certain degree to be able to continue to build. Because um, as you know, lumber prices have gone sky high. So just just materials themselves have gotten crazy and, and the regulations uh, put on us are just driving housing out off the roof. It's yeah. crazy right now. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Well, we really appreciate your taking the time, Alinda. What what word of advice would you give? Uh, Jim and I are both uh, fathers to uh, young daughters who have certainly not discounted the possibility of going into the industry. What advice do you give young girls or young women um, about how to break into the industry and uh, and what's the best avenue to be successful? You know, I'd say don't listen to the glass ceiling all of those rumors, um, you just have to go for it and, and do your own thing and, and really do what your heart says. I think that um, passion speaks resoundingly in the industry. I think just, you know, follow that up with knowledge and find a good mentor and reach out to other women in the industry that have kind of walked that path. Um, we're here for you and we'll give you a leg up. That's great advice. That's terrific. Thank you. Do you have any closing thoughts for us? Well, no, I think that kind of said it. I, I would say just don't be afraid. Jump in. You know, you've got skills that the industry needs and, you know, there are people that can help you. So, you know, we're here. Well, well listen, Linda, on behalf of uh, my daughters and Jim's daughter and young women all over America, uh, we want to thank leaders like you, Alicia and Shirley and Sandy uh, for helping them uh, and paving the way for them uh, to be the best that they can be. We, we truly appreciate that. And we appreciate you joining us here today on Housing Developments. Yeah, thank you. Great thank you, guys. Thank you. Great. Jim, this was a great, uh, great show this week. Look forward to talking with you again next week. Uh, but for now, ladies and gentlemen, please subscribe to Housing Developments. Uh, the more subscribers we get, the more assured we are that the show will continue forward. So thanks for considering that. And Jim, thanks for being with me again this week. Take care. Always take care. Thanks. Thanks.